Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 443. This week on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating Concours in the Hills and talking with sponsors of this spectacular event that takes place in February in Fountain Hills, Arizona. You can learn more about this event at www.concoursinthehills.org. Don't build yourself on fear. Go out and do things. Because as was uh, once said in the, in the famous movie, the only regrets you'll have in life are those risks you never took. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabike dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, David Zubik. David, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Well, adventure is always the way to go, and I'm uh, always ready for something new and adventurous to have a great time. All right, great. Nice to have you here. David Zubik owns and runs Racing Adventures with track locations in Los Angeles, Phoenix, Houston, and Toronto. Under the supervision of skilled and trained driver coaches, you can drive on racetracks in high-performance sports cars, including Porsches, Ferraris, Lamborghini, and Cobra, or you can drive an actual race car. They offer many different motorsports programs, including one- or two-day lessons, high-performance driver education, corporate events, supercar lapping sessions, and more in the vehicles of your dreams. That sounds like fun. And Racing Adventures is also a proud sponsor of Concours in the Hills that takes place this week in Fountain Valley, Arizona. David, I told our listeners a tiny bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your business, your career, and of course, your passions for having adventures in cars on tracks? Well, it's uh, it's been a long career. started for me uh, when I was quite young back in the late 60s watching the big block Can-Am cars racing around, uh, actually, in Edmonton International Raceway in Canada. Mm-hmm. I was barely tall enough to see over the fence, but uh, <laughs> it was an exciting time for a young boy to see these, uh, these fire-breathing cars uh, zooming around the track. And, of course, that passion has, uh, has become a lifetime passion with uh, my, myself uh, having a professional driving career for quite a few years. I still drive a little bit as well. But building into a business where I can share my passion with uh, people right across North America, both in the United States and Canada, and a lot of really cool cars and a lot of really cool locations and racetracks. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's really cool because people that 
love cars, the idea of being able to get on a racetrack in a fairly safe environment and drive a car at speed, the way the cars were meant to be driven versus on the streets, which is not where you want to be driving in high speeds, is really a an exciting fantasy for many people. And you guys make that fantasy come true, right? Yeah, absolutely. We, we agree with that wholeheartedly in that so many folks, you know, they watch the the movies and uh, they watch the races and they say, you know, how can I get out there and actually experience what a racetrack is like and uh, do it in such a way that I don't feel that I'm uh, hanging myself out too far because with our programs, we're either right with you doing uh, very specific training or actually sitting beside you within the car, giving you advice and, and really trying to take the best of your skills to the maximum on the racetrack, you know, bucket list type items. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like great fun. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life, your success. Maybe it's a corporate mantra, but it's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, David, I know you love to drive, so take the wheel. Well, especially in the racing business, which is really a tough business, whether you're a driver or actually physically in the business, and pasted right here in the front of my computer, it says, the price of success is perseverance, the price of failure is much less. Hmm. It's all about keep on going and just never give up on your dream. You know, I've had a lot of racers here on Cars, yeah, and I every single one of them has said that, never give up, because you just never know when you'll have that little break, whether it's you're trying to get into racing, whether you're trying to get sponsorship, whether you're on the track. We just saw that last weekend, uh, Daytona, and you watch these guys that are out there for these 24-hour races, and they just don't give up, because you just never know down to the wire what might happen, so... Very appropriate, absolutely. Would you share a story with us that instigated your personal passion for cars? Is there a time in your life, that pivotal moment, as you remember when you really realized you were a car guy? Well, it's it's kind of interesting. I, I still kind of don't consider myself a car guy, but I don't think I could be any more of a car guy than I am. <laughs> uh, there's such, such a great passion for it, um, both from the driving point of view, the racing point of view, the racetracks, uh, a mechanical point of view, working on cars, the artistic point of view, looking at cars. And when you put that all together, I'm so, so far deep into it. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that you know, there's any other way to think. Mm-hmm. Was there a time, as you think back, I mean, it was when you were a little boy, when you were a teenager, a little later in life, when you just went, oh, man, cars are it for me? Yeah, it really uh, began, as I said, watching the Can-Am cars late 60s but when i was 14 uh, 14 years old and i started actually driving race cars and got out there i, I remember the, the first time i actually raced i walked out to the racetrack and it was actually wasn't a racetrack it was a it was a frozen lake with a track plowed into it of ice racing and i was watching the guys race around and I, and I thought to myself and i still do sometimes i go to the racetrack watching these guys zoom by and go wow i can't go that fast and 15 20 minutes later i'm out there and i'm going that fast and said well i'm a part of this and yeah this is this is for me <laughs> Fantastic. Ice racing. What a way to start. That sounds like fun. So, David, what I'd love to do now is uh, take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood and ask you to share a huge challenge or even better, a great failure that you've faced along the way in your career. But the real important part of this has to do with how did you overcome that? What did it teach you? There's a lot of interesting things that happen along the way. From an educational point of view, uh, I went to school for sports science and for psychology, and, and actually uh, I'm a sports psychologist. But when I really wanted to get my racing business going, the, the physical business of the racing schools, 
and the racetracks and the motorsport country clubs. I had to step into the other side, which uh, was driving trucks and welding and fixing. I, you know, I always loved fixing cars. Uh, never quite thought I was going to be a truck driver because we had to start transporting cars. And that all kind of happened when, when we used to hire truck drivers and all of a sudden you get stuck somewhere with a truck driver that doesn't have the proper credentials and we're trying to get to the darn race. So I said, well, I guess I'm going to have to do this all myself uh, and at least know it all myself so, I can, so that I can teach it to others. So it was the, the realization that um, I needed to know everything about everything in order to be successful and to, to teach it to others, to my staff and uh, and everybody else, so that uh, we could be successful and, and not have any hiccups or, or, or anything fail along the way. Sure. When this, the business started, how long has your business been around? How long have you been doing this? Well, we've been doing this for 30 years. Oh, my in, gosh. Uh, different, uh, <laughs> different, different ways, different cars, different racetracks, different countries. Mm-hmm. Not just sports car racing, oval racing, um, all the different aspects you can possibly imagine, and, and every one of them has so been so educational to me, and you know, love it. I, just, I love learning new things every day about cars and about you know, especially people. I love people. I love uh, helping other people succeed in their dreams. Sure, fantastic. Let's shift gears here, David, and go to the other end of the spectrum. Is would you share a story with us when you had one of those career aha moments? I like to say it's when the headlights flip on and kind of illuminate this path, this direction you had for your business, your career, and tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. Well, really, I was, uh, you know, there's been uh, through 30 years, there's a lot of different things that happened in the business career. Uh, there is sometimes when you, you kind of get stuck in the mud and uh, I approached a friend of mine who is in the, uh, the human motivation business and I, and I said, his name's Jay, and I said, Jay, hey, I'm stuck here um, in the mud. I want to proceed, but what do I do? He gave me a couple of books that I read, and, and the one book that really sticks out is a uh, book by Michael Gerber called The E-Myth, or The <laughs> yes. Entrepreneur Myth. Yes. And I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's, Very. it was kind of an aha moment. Yeah, learning that, hey, you know what? You're, you may think you're not an entrepreneur, or you may not be one, but just because you're good at something doesn't mean you should be doing it. Mm-hmm. And through the whole learning process in the book and uh, uh, the processes of how they structure businesses, uh, things like, you know, how, how McDonald's does business, for example, all over the world, and consistency and delivering the exact same product, uh, that was kind of something that really pushed me over the top. Yeah, I love that book. I read that book years ago. It really changed a, a lot of thought process for me and the business that I was running at the time. It's a wonderful book for entrepreneurs. There's so many great stories in there and ideas and directions and focuses of how to think about your business. So uh, I had to smile when you mentioned Michael Gerber's name. Great, great book. There's a whole series of those for all different kinds of industries as well, which are really nice for entrepreneurs out there listening. How about proudest career moments? I would assume you've had many, but is there one in particular that stands out for you? You know, I think they, you know, you, you, again, you have a lot of them over the years and they'll continue to have them. But the really proud moments now is uh, with my businesses, uh, with the racing school, the racetrack, the motorsport country clubs, and they all interact and they all work together and they're all doing well and successful. And people uh, really enjoy what we do. Having the whole thing together and being successful, because I've seen so many people come and go over 30 years, to still be at it, enjoying it, loving it, loving the people and loving the business. You know, I, you know, right now might be my proudest moment right now. <laughs> Fantastic. I love it. Let's have a little bit of fun here. Let's go back in time. I'd love for you to share your first really special car. It doesn't have to be your first car, but the first car that meant a lot to you. And, if, and I'll include in here, since you're a racer, 
race car as well. Maybe it was that first race car you got into. You went, man, this is this is all right. Do you have a special memory about that first vehicle you can share with us? Well, I think I think there's a couple love hate relationships intertwined uh, with this. My my first uh, real sports car was a, a Fiat 124 Spider uh, back in the days. It was probably 1970 or 71, and I was just starting to uh, drive in probably in the late 70s. And the car was beautiful. You put the roof down and drive through the night uh, until I blew the motor up. Uh-oh. <laughs> and uh, luckily at that, you know, I loved the car, but luckily at the time that I was dating a girl and her father was a mechanic. And then he said, I'm not going to fix the car for you, but you go buy the, uh, the repair manuals and you can use my shop and my tools. You can fix it. Nice. So that uh, that became, a, became kind of the pivotal point that moved me in the direction. And sadly, the same thing happened as the, uh, the first, uh, I guess, car that I was on a, a dry track, you know, it would be a, a Formula 1600 or a Formula Ford. And it was a 1971 Van Diemen. Uh, it was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. And uh, we managed to bend that car in half as well. But, again, fond memories because it, it was, you know, the first open-wheel car I drove, which, you know, I love driving the open-wheel cars. They're so pure. They're so fun. Yeah. But, uh, you know, one of those cars you just, I, I'll just never forget. Yeah. My first uh, Ventures Racing was in Vintage Racing, and I ran a Lotus 18 Formula Junior. And I ran with all those Formula Ford guys. They all had bigger engines and better brakes, but uh, there's nothing like looking over open wheels when you're driving a car around a track. It's really fun. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle that you've owned and let go that you really wish you had back in your garage? Well, yeah. Back in uh, back in the 80s, we used to buy and sell a few cars. And you know that's when we were buying um, the big V12 Ferraris. You know, for fifty, sixty thousand uh, dollars, that are now trading for multi millions of dollars. Oh, yes, <laughs> and they they were beautiful. You know, I, I remember opening the hood and seeing the uh, the oil lines pulsating like a boa constrictor snake <laughs> and yeah. a big Colombo V12 in there. And I remember buying cars and talking to my friends. And I said I was up in Vancouver and we were buying uh, Dino 246s for a derivative and uh, I said hey I can buy these I can buy five of them right now for $15,000 each and my friends oh they'll never sell and if you follow the Ferraris now well they're even those smaller Ferraris are way up there yeah those Dinos finally have taken off the 246s with oh they're just beautiful cars though I don't know why they were not they kind of just floundered down there probably because they weren't considered real Ferraris but they sure are fun to drive but is there one vehicle in particular you can share that you just wish you had back? Yeah, it would be a 1971 Ferrari Daytona. Ah, the Daytona. Um, it, was, it, was, yeah, it was a right-hand drive car, a uh, right-hand drive car with a tan interior. And uh, loved that car. Drove it for a while, but uh, had to move on with my career and sold it to somebody in Hong Kong. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's probably still over there. <laughs> Now, let's talk a little bit about the new year here. What do you guys have going on that's new and great that really has you excited and fired up about your business this year? Well, the uh, our supercar uh, lapping experience with our high-end cars, the McLarens and the Ferraris and the Aston Martins and uh, Lamborghinis and Porsches, uh, that, that business has really taken off and is doing great in that uh, – really fulfilling the fantasies of people that want to drive these cars. Uh, and when they get all these cars, they have such a big smile uh, across their face that it really makes it fulfilling for, for us. But uh, in expanding with that is, we're, you know, we're putting a motorsport country club in at Willow Springs Raceway in California, and I've already got my my uh, motorsport country club growing at my track, Grand Sports Speedway, which is in uh, Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. So we're really excited because we're buying business, uh, buying, buying buildings, and we're buying uh, – 
all the safety stuff. You know, the Sports Car Club of America is excited to be working with us, and NASA is excited to be working with us. So we're kind of taking that next step to uh, having big time on not only racetracks, but uh, races, as well as being able to work with uh, the people that want to be involved in the hobby uh, as the Motorsport Country Clubs, which may be street cars, might, might, be ra- uh, might be race cars or street cars, but having the opportunity to form those communities of like-minded people. I see. Explain to our listeners here a little bit about the breadth of the different uh, fun services that you guys provide. You talked about if I wanted to drive a new Lamborghini or Ferrari or Porsche, I have this fantasy of a car that maybe I can't afford it, but I'd love to go out and experience it. Or maybe I want to buy it, but I want to go drive your car first to make sure before I spend all that money. But what are some of the other programs that you offer throughout all the tracks that you are running out of? Well, kind of our bread and butter for the last 25 years, we've been teaching a very similar, almost the same program, which is our, our Racing Adventures First Gear or Level 1 program. Um, it's, a, it's a full day, and then you can do a second day as well, which is second year, of course. And that's a program where we take people from the basic to the advanced high-performance driving skills. The first thing I tell people, I say, you know, you're all here and you have a belief system of what it takes to drive a car fast on the racetrack. And what I'd like you to do is just go throw it out in the field there because what you're going to find out is what you think you learned from watching Days of Thunder from your buddies and your dad. They're probably completely wrong. So it allows to take you through this journey of what it takes to drive a race car fast. And anybody with experience with race cars, mm-hmm. driving a race car fast is all about going as slow as possible, which makes no sense until they spend the day with us. <laughs> Absolutely. What are some of the, the race cars that are opportunities for people to drive in? Well, the cars that we use for the one- and two-day programs for the first and second gear, we have uh, Porsche 911 uh, Carreras that have been built into race cars, so they have the GT3 suspension. Uh, you know, Porsche is Porsche, just a, such a refined, well-engineered, fun car to drive. Very, very civil and, and precise and, you know, we call that, uh, that, a, that a scalpel type of a car. But we also have the car that I call a hammer, which we have the Factory 5 Spec Racers, which is a replica of the Shelby Cobra. And that car it has a side pipe that bangs in your ear and the body shakes and the wind's blowing your head around and everything's creaking and groaning and uh, it just beats you up in you know, every sense. So we call that the hammer. So we have the scalpel and we have the hammer and the scalpel, the portion of and the factory five spec racer replica Cobra is a hammer. There's, they couldn't be any more different, but they're both so much fun to drive, and they they're just great school cars. They have a lot to uh, lot to teach people the cars themselves. Sounds like a lot of fun. And obviously, you're one of the sponsors of Concord in the Hills. They're raising money for the Boys and Girls Club, doing some great things. So maybe you can talk a little bit about your involvement with them. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. The the gentleman that uh, that is operating. Uh, Conquerors and Hills, generally uh, by Peter Volney, who I've actually known for 25 years through other uh, racing endeavors on uh, sponsorship and advertising, and kind of reconnected after not seeing him for 15, 15 years uh, at Cars and Coffee here in Scottsdale, Arizona. And we quite didn't know where we knew each other from until we started talking and, and figured out exactly what it is. But being involved with something uh, that Peter does is always going to be first class. I know the event last year. It's first class, and every you know people are lined up to get in there and see all the beautiful cars, mm-hmm. and to match that together with uh, with a very worthy uh, charity, the Boys and Girls Club, just kind of makes the whole thing worthwhile. Yeah, absolutely. Peter's been a guest here on Cars. Yeah, great guy, car guy throughout his life, and everyone I've encountered that knows Peter speaks very highly of him, and he's put together a 
tremendous, tremendous show and event that uh, will have all sorts of very cool cars. Some pretty famous guys. You know, Ari Leindyke is going to be one of the uh, key folks there, along with some other great people. So it will be wonderful for our listeners who can make it to Arizona this weekend to come up and say hello. We're going to have a, a bunch of really cool cars down there, maybe a, a McLaren and a Lamborghini that uh, that everybody can see and touch and awesome. and, uh, and appreciate. Very cool. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, David. It kind of brings out how you perceive yourself as manifested in a car. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? You know, I, I think it's kind of the car, one of my favorite cars is, is the Ford GT40. And it's kind of uh, very strong and robust, a uh, lot of power, a uh, lot of success. But if you've ever seen a real one of the real race cars, not generally maybe put together perfectly and not really that elegant, but it's a tool that was built for a job that it certainly could do. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I feel is I have the skills to do what I need to do, and that pushes me towards my goals and my dreams. Yeah, the Ford GT40, I got to spend a whole day. Actually, I spent several days around several of those actual cars, the the real race cars, photographing them. And, uh, yeah, when you start digging down into them, they were pretty – I don't know if crude is the right word, but they're all hand-built race cars and compared to the new Ford GTs and, of course, the brand-new Ford GT, which is a, a monster car. Uh, maybe one day you'll have one of those out on your track for people to drive. But the original ones, there's just something magical about those cars. Yeah, no two of those cars are the same. And it was, you know, I always look at the different cars. If you go to an event that has two or three of them, and they're not the same. And I look at it and say, you know, some engineer stuck that thing on the side there because they're having a problem that day and it worked. Yep. And it remains there, and none of the other cars have it on there. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like all the uh, Daytonas, the Daytona Coupes. I had Peter Brock as a guest here, and he was talking about those cars. And when the one, the model or the designs were sent over to Italy, the Italians made it completely different because they didn't like the way it looked. So, uh, yeah, racing is an interesting thing for sure. So, David, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsor. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, David, we're back and we're entering the last lap. You're a racer, you know what that means. The white flag is out. Time to put our foot into it. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Sure. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Follow your dream no matter what it takes. <laughs> there you go. I love it. Good for any entrepreneur. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? That would be 100% integrity, 100% of the time. How about a resource? Is there one resource in particular that you go to often that you think our listeners would really enjoy that you could share with them? I don't think there's one resource, but I don't. I do think that if you have a question or you need some information or you want some information to grow, 
don't be afraid to, to, to ask because if you don't ask, you're not going to get the information from yes. anybody. Yes, absolutely. If I'd known that when I was in high school, I'd probably had more dates. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish you'd advised me back then. David, would you share a book that you've recently read that you think our listeners would really enjoy reading? There's a lot of interesting books out there from a, from a personal motivation point. So that would be um, Garth Stein's book, uh, The Art of Racing in the Rain. Uh, interesting book uh, taken from a dog's perspective. read the book, and I knew a lot of people that he was actually talking about, which made it really even more interesting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That book's been recommended many, many times. I've told listeners again, I wish I could convince him to get on this show. I would love to talk to him. I know our listeners would like to listen to him, but I can't quite convince him of that so i'll keep working on him i'll tell him that david said you should be on cars yeah come on garth oh for sure you can find all these great resources that david has shared with us at cars on david's very own show notes page just type david zubik z-u-b-i-c-k into the search bar and his show notes page will pop right up all right david we are up to the checkered flag and this last question can be a real doozy if you could have only one collector car, and I'll include collector vintage race car if you'd like in your garage, but don't worry about the price because today I'll buy you whatever car you'd like. What would that one vehicle be? And more importantly, why? Again, it's going to be that Ford GT40 and it's just uh, the rugged good looks and the brute force and power and speed of that car. Uh, And the beauty and the history is just, from my point of view, is just... uh, one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite things, one of my favorite cars to to look at and to think about. And of course, I I don't know, I don't care how much it costs, I'll take it on the racetrack. Well, <laughs> well, I'm buying it for you, so the price doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, now, you know, there's a lot of those cars out there, and I say a lot, figuratively speaking, from a race car standpoint. But is there one in particular? I've had that car chosen by many guests. Some say the car that won at Le Mans. Others have picked a specific car. You know, maybe with the Gulf colors. Is there one? that you've seen that you'd like to get your hands on? Yeah, the one that won a moth twice. Twice, yeah, of course. That car. The one, oh, the good. That, that, that car, which a friend of mine uh, friend of mine did own, and I did have an opportunity to drive it and spend some time with it. Uh, nice. And in love. Oh, my goodness. Great. Well, that's going to cost me a pretty penny, so give me a few weeks to uh, line some things up so I can get that shipped out to you. <laughs> which track would you like me to send it to? <laughs> Well, you can send it to my track in Houston where we can make a lot of noise and a lot of laps without uh, worrying about anything. So there you go. Perfect I'll, place to go. I'll bring it out there for you, meet you. Maybe you'll let me drive it. So that'd be fun too. <laughs> great. David, you've taken me on a great ride around the track today. I knew you would, and I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey and your story with the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off down the racetrack in that Ford GT40? Uh, essentially, don't build yourself on fear. Go out and do things, because as was uh, once said in the, in the famous movie, the only regrets you'll have in life are those risks you never took. Absolutely. Wonderful statement. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your company? Well, racingadventures.com will lead you to all our different uh, points of uh, in our racing and motorsports business. And uh, a lot of information, a lot of places to go, a lot of good reading. And uh, if anybody has any questions or wants some information or wants to spend some time with us, you know, please give us a call. The number, of course, is on the website. Well, again, listeners, you can find links to everything that David shared with us at his very own show notes page on carsyeah.com. Just type David in the search bar. I would encourage you to check this out. If you ever wanted to go drive a really cool car or even a real race car on a track, 
This is the way to do it with some careful guidance and coaching. You go out there, you won't hurt yourself, but you will guarantee to have a huge grin on your face when you step out of that car. And don't forget to check out the concourinthehills.org. Learn more about this fantastic event that uh, David and his business are sponsoring, helping out the Boys and Girls Club in Arizona there. It's a wonderful event, well worth your time if you're in that part of the world during the weekend. David, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Uh, Thanks so much for your time. It's been fun and I really enjoyed it. Good to see you in the future. Thanks, David. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.